Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, we are reaching the end of our fantasy football team preview series. This time, we will be analyzing the Seattle Seahawks and uh, their offensive output in the 2019 fantasy football season. Of course, before we get into the podcast, I do need to tell you about RotoExperts.com. With all of our premium content, we have have projections, rankings, customizable cheat sheets, the ultimate guide to win your draft, the ultimate guide to uh, the draft best ball championship, to zero RB drafting, a bunch of what I think is really the best premium content out there on the internet right now for fantasy football. If you want to win your league, that is the right way to approach things. Now on to previewing the 2019 Seattle Seahawks from a fantasy football perspective. The first offense, or the first position that we're going to talk about, the quarterback, Russell Wilson. He has started 16 games a season every year since 2012, has been injured a few times, has, uh, you know, had some nicks, had a couple injuries here and there, but has never missed a game. The Seahawks have only won less than 10 games one time when Russell Wilson was the starter. That was in 2017, the year that Russell Wilson threw 34 touchdown passes with a 6.1 touchdown percentage and and only a 7.2 YPA, and I think that is a really interesting thing to discuss when we think about the Seahawks in 2019. I think uh, Pete Carroll saw something in that 2017 season where Russell Wilson led the NFL in touchdown passes, but uh, had only 7.2 YPA that really convinced him that he needed to go a different way. So last year, uh, Russell Wilson threw only 427 passes, which was the third lowest tally of his career since 2013 when he threw only 407. In his rookie year, he threw only 393. However, at the same time, Russell Wilson also had his lowest rushing output ever, uh, 67 rushing attempts, 376 yards. The last Last time that he ran for less than 300 yards was in 2016. Uh, however, that came after 2014 and 2015, where he had uh, 849 rushing attempts in 2014 and 550 or, or rushing yards rather, 849 rushing yards and 553 rushing yards. The next, uh, so. Overall, it, it just seems weird to go into a draft right now wanting to draft Russell Wilson. Not that I don't get it. You know, he's been a top 12 quarterback every year of his fantasy football career. Uh, he's been hyper efficient in his career. Uh, so, like, just for example, his touchdown percentages for his career 6.6, 6.4, 4.4, 7% flat. 3.8, 6.1, and then last year was 8.2. His career touchdown rate, 6% of his passes um, are in touchdowns. So 6% is still higher than league average, right? That is still a guy who is really good at throwing touchdown passes relative to league average. Now, all of that being said, the Seattle Seahawks want to run the football. Brian Schottenheimer is the offensive coordinator. Pete Carroll is the head coach. This team is really into running the football, and that is just, that's just the way it goes. They have Chris Carson. They have Rashad Penny. 
those guys are going to get a lot of carries in 2019. So am I drafting Russell Wilson? Uh, I am not. Russell Wilson is pretty much on my do not draft list. He is, for me, less interesting than Cam Newton, less interesting than Dak Prescott, less interesting than Kyler Murray. Um, I, I would say there probably is... You know, there is a decent chance that the the defense is so bad that Russell Wilson just gets into some of these chaotic situations where he's scrambling more often, he's throwing the ball down the field more often. I, I guess a word of caution I would have about that scenario, though, is the only pedigreed member of this wide receiver grouping now is Tyler Lockett. So he doesn't have a ton of experience playing with Jerron Brown, DK Metcalf, all the rookie wide receivers that they brought in, Gary Jennings, John Ursa, and Jazz Ferguson. Uh, you know, David Moore is going to be starting the season injured. Uh, seems like he has, uh, a, you know, he might have to have a shoulder surgery. So that's obviously not a good scenario. So in terms of Russell Wilson's outlook, you know, I, I, I'm more pessimistic than the average person. I'm more pessimistic than the average fantasy analyst. I get why people want to draft him, but I think that when you're when you're looking at like 90th percentile ceilings, I think obviously Russ has, you know, one of the better 90th percentile outcomes in the NFL, but I think his 50th percentile and his 75th percentile are, you know, not not as great as some of the other median situations that you could be drafting as of right now. So that is how we stand on Russell Wilson. Moving to the running backs, I actually think this is a much more interesting scenario because we have Chris Carson and uh, Rashad Penny. So last year, Carson took this job by the uh, by the horns, 247 rushing attempts, but only 24 targets. Vacating the team is Mike Davis, who went to Chicago. He had 112 rushing attempts and 42 targets. Rashad Penny played in 14 games, started none of them. 85 carries, 12 targets. Trey Madden is their fullback. You know, he's not really much involved at all. J.D. McKissick, active here and there. C.J. Procise, active here and there. But neither of them, you know, had any sort of meaningful impact in the rushing game last year. So... Really, projecting this offense comes down to how much work is Chris Carson going to get? How much work is Rashad Penny going to get? I would say Carson does have to be, you know, a decent favorite to lead the NFL in rushing attempts if things go according to plan for Seattle. I think Chris Carson's value this year could be a lot like Marlon Max was last year, where in games that the Seahawks are able to steamroll, I think he's going to have some great stat lines. You know, I think he could have, you know, Chris Carson could have, a, a 30 carry game or two 30 carry games, right? Like that is in his range of outcomes for the 2019 season. Rashad Penny, it I think his range of outcomes is extremely wide. He was really good in their third preseason game, ran for 22 yards and a touchdown, caught uh, all three of his targets. Uh, however, some of the beat reporters around the team, NBC Sports Northwest Joe Fon, believes that Rashad Penny is falling further behind Chris Carson during the preseason. The Seahawks running back coach Chad Morton, uh, you know, he said, uh, I'll read this and I'll let you guys take what you think. Uh, I've been saying this since day one. I think these guys are like Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. They just got to go out there and prove it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of unclear as to why they think that. I would say 
Part of the reason that the coaching staff is talking up, targeting um, Rashad Penny and Chris Carson more in the passing game is due to necessity. You know, I just, with with DK Metcalf injured, with Doug Baldwin gone, with no clear pass-catching tight end, you know, I, I just don't know if they have a great idea of where they want to distribute all of these targets. So... With all of that being said, I think there there's definitely room for Carson and Penny to both beat their ADP right now. Um, Penny Penny's going late, like Penny's kind of going where Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson and those guys go. And I think I, it certainly would not be the most insane thing in the world if Carson and Penny switched roles, right? And if Penny was the more productive player, Penny was seeing more targets in the passing game. I don't think that would be mega surprising to anyone. And if that happened, then Penny would certainly be the more valuable player for fantasy football. So I I do sort of like both of these guys at ADP. The issue is Carson is getting pretty expensive now. And uh, you guys know that, uh, you know, we don't, the Seahawks probably are not going to be a great team this year. So drafting a running back who gets most of his value from rushing touchdowns and on the ground and that drafting that player earlier and earlier in drafts kind of goes against everything that, uh, you know, just kind of goes against everything that we are trying to build in terms of anti-fragile fantasy football teams. So that is where we stand on the Seahawks running backs. Moving to the wide receivers now, it seems like the starting 11 personnel for the Seahawks week one is going to be Jerron Brown on one side, Tyler Lockett on the other side, and then probably Amara Darbo. Potentially, it could be Gary Jennings. Potentially, it could be Jazz Ferguson. Maybe uh, Tyler Lockett plays more on the outside, and John Ursa is coming in as the starting player coming out of Hawaii. He's 5'10", 182. It would be sort of weird to have a wide receiver trio that was, uh, you know, uh, two small guys and then um, Jerron Brown as the starting guy. But, you know, certainly it could happen. Will Disley, he's, I know we're, we're skipping ahead to tight ends, but. Uh, you know, he, he is projected to have a pretty big role in the offense per Seahawks.com, John Boyle. However, he's recovering from a torn patella tendon. Uh, don't think he's been able to put in full practices yet. So, uh, you know, I'll be honest, it just sort of seems like a mess here in the Seattle passing game. You know, Metcalf likely not going to be ready. Um, David Moore likely not going to be ready. You know, and, and some of these guys, I mean, Jazz Ferguson is mega raw, and Gary Jennings is, you know, pretty much still a big 12 wide receiver. John Urso is playing against a really low level of competition at Hawaii. So the way that I'm kind of leveraging all of this Seattle passing game is just to kind of uh, not, I'm not super invested in it, particularly in best ball. You know, I just don't have a ton of Tyler Lockett, and I, I totally get the arguments for why people are into Lockett. Historical efficiency, plays with a really efficient quarterback. There's there's a crazy amount of vacated targets, you know, with uh, with Mike Davis leaving, we probably expect this team to pass more just because we would expect any team that was so far away from league norms to come back more towards the league norms. So we think there's going to be a lot of targets out there for Tyler Lockett. My, my issue would be basically that I don't know if that increase in targets is necessarily going to come with touchdowns because Tyler Lockett is not so much a touchdown style player. 
you know, he is a little shorter, uh, you know, generally throughout the course of his career in the NFL, he has been a guy who's seen his targets out of the slot down the field, you know, just a different player than Doug Baldwin was. So that is kind of, that's just the, the answer to how does the Seattle passing game break down at the beginning of the season is sort of unknowable. One, we think that it is going to be a pretty low volume situation. Two, there's not a great history of Brian Schottenheimer targeting running backs, Russell Wilson targeting running backs, or Pete Carroll-related offenses targeting running backs, yet Brian Schottenheimer, Pete Carroll, and the running backs coach all tell us that they're going to target Rashad Penny and Chris Carson more. Two, we don't really have a great idea of what Jerron Brown is going to be like as an NFL starter. Uh, we, We thought that their starting wide receivers were going to be DK Metcalf, David Moore, and Tyler Lockett. We're probably, we're not going to be seeing two of those guys at all, so we, Tyler Lockett might have to switch positions. In fact, I think looking at their roster right now, the most likely thing would be that Tyler Lockett switches positions from the slot guy to the flanker and, you know, then someone who's not going to get targeted at all, you know, it could even be Keenan Reynolds, could be Gary Jennings, could be like whoever is going to maybe be starting until DK Metcalf and David Moore are both healthy. And if DK Metcalf and David Moore are healthy, then the situation does change itself up a little bit. Finally, moving to the tight ends, uh, you know, Will Disley did not have the worst season at tight end, whatever had last year. He was he was pretty efficient, you know, not a ton of targets. Uh, there, there are some beat writers around the team who expect him to be a part of the offense. I would say it's more likely. I would say if you're if you're gambling at all on this, I would say that uh, it's more likely that Jacob Hollister does find some sort of pass catching role here. The Athletics Michael Sean Duger reported that Jacob Hollister has been as impressive as anyone on the roster catching uh, passes in training camp. The offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, has said that he was a terrific acquisition and that he is a really good route runner that has great feel for coverages, man and zone, things like that. There's definitely a path for targets because Will Disley is more of kind of a blocking tight end. Uh, Nick Vanette, more of a blocking tight end. I mean, maybe, maybe this is the year that Ed Dixon returns to relevance, but he's dealing with uh, coming back from an injury as well. So, he's, you know, he's not likely to, uh, I don't even know if he's going, I don't even know if he's going to make the team at this point. So, you know, I, and this is all, by the way, this all kind of circles back to our logic, uh, talking about Russell Wilson as to like why we're not into him. Like, look at these dudes he's throwing to. So Lockett, we think is pretty good, but Jerron Brown, do we really know? DK Metcalf, do we really know? David Moore, do we really know? Uh, there, there's just a lot of questions to be answered about the Seahawks passing game that we don't have to ask about the running game. We know what Chris Carson, and Rashad Penny and Russell Wilson are going to do leading a rushing attack. So I think it's simpler to project them as a rushing team. And, uh, you know, that's part of why it's it's hard for me to buy into a lot of these guys at ADP. Though I will say, you know, in the 18th round of the draft best ball championship, I don't know if there's an easier pick right now than Jerron Brown. So that is going to do it for us here at the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. Please make sure to check out rotoexperts.com for all of the content that we have going on there. The uh, ultimate guide to winning your draft, the perfect draft, both picks 1 through 5 and 6 through 12. The projections, the rankings, everything we have going on over there is more than worth your time, and uh, we hope that you enjoy it.